0: Gareth, shall I pray for you? <laughs> our oh, Heavenly Father, thank you that you accompany us on our journeys, whether it is easy or whether it's more challenging. And I just pray, that as Gareth shares with us now, that, Lord, we would have hearts to hear what you're going to say to us. And I just pray your blessing and your anointing on Gareth as he does this. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, as uh, just been asked there, how does that have anything to do with John the Baptist? And that is what we're going to try and work out in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. So, we've been on a whole series over the last few weeks. Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, last few weeks and then a few weeks to come about pathways and obstacles and stories from Luke's Gospel about pathways, kind of easy ways to get somewhere, and obstacles and the things that get in the way. And that's what we're going to have a look at today. So, the next slide. Oh, I can do this, can't I? I can do this. Uh, yeah, okay. So have, have you ever wondered about people who leave church or uh, say they don't want to be a Christian anymore? So I've got a couple of kind of friends, people I've known for quite a long time, and they used to be, used to be Christians, we used to go to church together, but they don't go to church anymore. And I sometimes wonder, how did that happen? Was it that they, didn't really, they, didn't, they weren't too sure about it when they were coming, or something happened and they stopped coming. And you might know people like that and wonder how that, how that happens. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read the story about John the Baptist in a little bit. But before we do, we've just got a couple of words that I just want to go over. And I go over words because we use words quite a lot, but we haven't always checked that everybody knows what those words are, what we mean by those words. So the first word, let's just go back, sorry. Those words are paths, obstacles, and barriers. Little picture of Mario there, who is on a pathway, and that's a typical barrier or obstacle you get in Mario Kart, uh, Mario Brothers. So when we see the word path, a path is something that takes us from one place to another place. Sometimes a really long journey through quite a lot of different things. A bit like the bear hunt story, where like sometimes they're in the grass, sometimes they're in the snow. Sometimes it's very easy going. Sometimes it's pretty hard going. And, and the path's a bit like our life, isn't it? It's sometimes easy, sometimes hard, takes you to interesting places, sometimes takes you to the wrong places. And that's the thing about paths, that there's sometimes more than one. With Bible, it talks about a, like an easy path and a hard path, or a good path and a bad path. But, but we can all find ourselves perhaps not on the right path. And then there's obstacles, and then you see there's still a path, and you can get along the path, but there is something in the way. It's not really stopping you, but it's going it's to get in the way. It's going to slow you down, it might give you a bit of trouble. And our life has got lots of obstacles in it, that kind of like those stones, they're in the way, not, not going to make it easy for you. You sometimes get an obstacle like that, which isn't really stopping you, but would make your life a bit tricky as you try to get past it. And we might have some bears or we might have some stones on our little path. And then there's um, but then there's this kind of uh, obstacle. So you might have seen this before. Phantom as well, three. Steel just his progress. Can he get past Apollo? Yes! A very well-deserved ten points. Well done him. So that, that's Gladiator, and that's a gauntlet. And and the thing is there were a few obstacles on the way. And there were a few moments where it didn't look like he was going to get past, but he had perseverance, and he was resilient, and he got, kept moving, and he got past those obstacles. So obstacles are on the way, but they don't, really, they don't have to stop you. And that shows you you don't have to stop you. But then there are barriers. And I'm... So when I say a barrier, that fence is a barrier that the airport's put up to stop you getting onto the plane, or stop you doing anything wrong with the plane. And pretty much you're not getting past that, are you? That, that's not an obstacle. That's a barrier. That's like just saying, don't come in here. And the thing about barriers is sometimes they're put by other people and sometimes we build our own barriers. So that guy here, he's building a wall and we build our own barriers. So are we okay with this? Paths, obstacles, barriers. Okay with those? Right, okay. And then there's just one other word. I just want to check that you all know what we mean when we use this word. So God... We, when we say the word God, we mean somebody who exists even though we don't see him or even if we don't believe in him. He's not made up. That's, that's a Christian view of God. He's not made up. He is really there even if we don't think he's there. And the other thing about him is that he made the entire universe, us, tables, chairs, um, children, those sort of things. And then the third thing about our God is that we believe he wants a personal relationship. So when we use the word God, that's, that's kind of what we mean by the word God. Okay, so you okay with the words? Right. And I'm just going to read you um, kind of today's passage and see how I do with that. So John's disciples told him, told John, about all of these things that were going on. There'd been quite a lot of miracles, a lot of amazing things. And then John called two of them and he sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is come or should we expect someone else so when the men came to jesus they said john the baptist sent us to you to ask are you the one to come or should we expect someone else and at that very time jesus cured many who had diseases sicknesses and evil spirits and he gave sight to many people who were blind so he said to the messengers go back and tell john what you've just seen and heard The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind. If not, what did you go out and see? A man dressed in fine clothes. No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it was written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. And I tell you, among those born of women, there was no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him." Now all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptised by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves because they had not been baptised by John. And Jesus went on to say, to what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling out to each other, We played the pipe for you, and you didn't dance, and then we sang a dirge for you, and you didn't cry. But John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, he's a demon. He has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her children. Okay, it's quite a lot in there, isn't there? So let's see how we do with that. So here's John the Baptist, and John the Baptist's job was to make straight paths so people would find the way to Jesus. He came earlier, so by the time Jesus come, like it said in the story, even the tax collectors, the people who weren't really that well behaved, they'd already turned their life around so they could follow Jesus. So that was, his, that was what he came to do, to make straight paths. But the thing was, John the Baptist was in prison. So he's in prison and he starts to think to himself, hang on a minute, I'm in prison and Jesus has come and if Jesus is who he says he is, surely I, should be, I shouldn't be in prison. Surely Jesus can do something magic or amazing and he can get me out of prison. So why am I still here? Why am I in a bad situation? Why is there an obstacle here when Jesus is supposed to get me out of bad things? you ever asked yourself that question? Why am I in a bad situation when Jesus is supposed to get me out of that sort of thing? Okay? And, these, and John had sent someone to see Jesus to say, hang on a minute, I'm in prison, are you the one we're looking for, or is somebody else coming? And most people in our society probably think, is Jesus anything we're looking for, or is is there something else? Is there something else I need? Is there another religion? Is there something else that's going to help me? So Jesus says to him, go back and tell John what you've seen. I've done some amazing things. I've given people sight. I've made people walk again. I've, um, I've raised people from the dead. I am, I am the one you're looking for. So the thing is, when John asked the question... What did he think Jesus was for? What did he think this pathway that he... he do remember, he'd put everybody on the straight path to Jesus. So what did he think that pathway was for? Did he think, you know what? I think it's to change society. I think it's to get rid of the Romans, to get rid of those kind of people that don't run the country properly. And some people would say, oh, that's what Christianity is. It's a thing that's going to turn society around. Some of the people would say, oh, well, look at all those miracles, look at all those healings. That's what Christianity is for. It's to heal us all, So stop us having any problems anymore. And the third thing might just be, well, we, were, we, were, we felt in prison by whatever it was, prison to addiction, prison to something that's been gripping us, and it's gonna set us free. Now, it is true that Jesus can heal It is true that if you follow Jesus, if the world followed Jesus, we would have a better society. And it is true that Jesus sets us free. But the thing that the path is to is to Jesus. Jesus didn't come just to do some stuff and go away. He came so that we would have a relationship with him. That's what the pathway is really for, to know Jesus. So the path that we're really on Is the pathway to knowing Jesus and there's some Bible passages God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves Jesus came to do amazing things but the most amazing thing was to give us eternal life. That's what the pathway we're on is really about. So my first set of questions to you are, what path are you on? Did you come to church like some people come to the gym? Did you come here thinking that might be a place that will calm me down, improve my life, prove myself, and maybe shake off some bad habits? And when church has done that for me, maybe I don't really need church anymore. So that's the first thing that some people come, the think it's just a place where you're going to kind of sort yourself out. But that's not Jesus, that's the church. Or maybe you kind of found yourself a church because that's what your family did. So my family, my parents were Christians, and so um, I just grew up in a church just think and that's what you do I've never really had a time where I didn't go to church I didn't really believe in God it's always just been there and maybe you've found yourself quite a young person or maybe my age and never really questioned why you're still here and are you just here because that's what your parents did So that's, or that's what you grew up doing so that's what you're always going to do but that isn't really the path to Jesus so my questions are And I've got loads of questions today. Which path are you on? Are you going to church? Are you going, do you just call yourself a Christian? Or have you given your life to Jesus? Now, you might have given your life to Jesus, and you call yourself a Christian, and you go to church, but just coming to church doesn't mean that you've come to follow Jesus. Do you see that? The the one that Jesus is most bothered about is the third one. Have you given your life to Jesus? And I read this quote this morning, and I was just thinking about this. The evidence that Britain is a Christian country is overwhelming. We have an established church. Our head of state is also the defender of the faith, and 59% of us define ourselves as Christians. So there's a bit of an idea that a Christian is just, I don't know, being British for for some people. That might be an idea. Or we've got churches, haven't we? So it must be a Christian country. Or the king or queen, they're, they're something to do with Christians. So, so that's what Christianity is. But the thing I have to tell you is that really doesn't, it's not really what Jesus was, was all about. Those passages didn't say, um, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that you would have everlasting church. That's not what he said. It was so you'd have everlasting life. And we sometimes get a bit confused about that. So as a church, when we talk to people who don't know Jesus, are we inviting them to church? Are we asking them if they'd like to become Christians? Or are we asking people if they'd like to meet Jesus? So when we think about pathways, are we on a pathway towards Jesus? or Are we on a pathway towards church? And when I think about those friends of mine who left church I sometimes think were you wanting to meet Jesus or did you just end up in a church for some reason so then what is stopping people meeting Jesus so we think it's about heading towards Jesus so what's stopping people meeting Jesus what are some of these obstacles well one of them might be the churches sometimes look like that they look a bit old-fashioned they don't really look like anything to do with modern life they maybe look empty like that and we think that's got nothing to do with me we maybe think church has something to do with village fates and garden parties, and think, well, that's got nothing to do with me either. So I'm not sure that's I'm not going not going to go to church if that's what it's about. Or we might think church is full of people, and I could find lots of pictures with some horrible signs, of Christians standing in other places, telling lots of people that God hates them. And if that's what you think church is about then you're not coming anywhere near. That is a massive obstacle to lots of people coming near Christianity. Maybe you just got questions, and that's okay. This church runs Alpha courses regularly, so that if you have questions about what it's all about, you can find out. question's an obstacle, but you can easily get over it. Or maybe this is probably my obstacle to church. I am a bit socially awkward. I feel like that in church. I I don't always find small talk very easy. I don't always find it that easy coming to kind of big crowded places and chatting on. And so that might be how some people feel about church. And so it's easier to not go to church because it feels like that. And also, as somebody who goes to church, I sometimes don't make a good enough effort to notice people who are like that and, and talk to them as well. So that's one of the obstacles. But this is a really big obstacle that lots of people have. I know people who, when they were younger, met people who hurt them, church leaders who hurt them in the church. And for them, they don't ever want to come back to church. That that has completely broken their relationship. But the thing is, it's the church that did something wrong, not Jesus, And they have rejected Jesus because of something that some church leaders have done. And probably you all meet people who say, yes, but what about those things that church leaders did in the past? What Mahatma Gandhi said was, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christianity. I really like what Jesus said, but when I see the people in the church, they look a bit like hypocrites or they don't look very nice. And so question for us as a church though are we putting any of these obstacles in people's ways are we doing anything to make it smoother for people to find Jesus but the good thing about obstacles is you can get over them even when they're really high and they're really awkward you can get over an obstacle but barriers barriers are much harder they're much harder to get around And the thing about the story that we read, Jesus did amazing things. But the weird thing is, loads of people didn't believe in him. He did things that we have never seen in our life happen. And yet still, even when it happened right in front of them, people would say, well, I don't believe in that. That's got nothing to do with me. And it makes me wonder, what is it that's stopping people turning to Jesus, even when they can see what's happening right in front of their eyes. And what Jesus said was, how can I compare this generation? What are they like? He said, he's like, they're like some children singing a song. We played the pipe for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge for you and you didn't cry. And he says, you know what? It really wouldn't matter what we did. John the Baptist was really serious and you didn't follow him, I'm really, I go to parties, and I'm much more friendly, and you don't follow me. What, what it seems is that you've decided that it doesn't matter what we do, we're not going to follow you. So I was thinking about this, this is my, this is my modern equivalent of the we sang a dirge for you, or we sang a dance for you. If you, ever, if you ever sat with the massive choice of Netflix or iPlayer or whatever it is, and you're thinking, what we are going to watch tonight? And so this happened the other night. I was, I was going on, and I was saying, why don't we watch this film? And Joe said, oh, I don't really want to watch that film. So I said, oh, okay, right, right. So why don't we watch this film? I don't really want to watch that film. Now, I think in the end, what she really wanted was the remote control. What she really wanted was... Not, not your film or that other film, but the one I want to watch, my film, okay? And that's really what Jesus is saying. It really wouldn't matter whether I played a happy tune for you, whether I played a sad tune for you. You wouldn't change. You wouldn't believe in me because, because I'm telling you something and you want your way. I'm telling you a way and you want your way. You want the remote control, and I hear people who say things like this, who say, I couldn't believe in a God who did such and such. So do you remember I told you that God exists without us and he created the entire universe? And then they'll say, but, but God does these kind of things, so I can't believe in him? Well, if he really exists, and even if he did those things, I don't know how you can't actually believe in him. Or you might say, how dare you, how dare you say I'm not good enough? And so, um, and so you, you say, well, that, that's okay because God forgives you. Oh, well, how can he forgive those people who do those terrible things? And then they might say, um, oh, I believe in a God in my own way. Who are you to tell me I'm wrong? And then the last thing they say is, well, not the last thing, but another thing they say is, I don't need Jesus. I'm already a good person. I try to do my best. And this is just like the Netflix thing. I'll give you one reason why I don't like God, and you'll answer it, so I'll give you another one. I'll give you another reason, and I'll give you another one. Because they're not saying, tell me how to meet Jesus. They're saying, I've got a barrier, and it wouldn't matter what you do, I'm not going to believe. So is it that you don't want to meet Jesus because some of the obstacles of other Christians or things the church has done, or is it because you have a barrier to knowing Jesus? Have you already set your face in such a way that you don't want to know him? When people say to me, I don't need Jesus, I'm a good person, what they're saying is, I don't want Jesus in my life. I think I'm doing all right. But what they're saying is, I want to be in control, and I don't want to give control away to Jesus. But as Christians, we talk about Jesus being two things. We talk about him being our saviour, and we talk about him being our Lord. And if he's our saviour, that must mean that everyone who doesn't know him needs saving from something. We sometimes think Jesus must just be for the really bad people, the people who maybe lives aren't working out. But what Jesus doesn't say that. He says, oh, I'm just here if you really need me, but the rest of you just carry on, do your own thing. But what he actually is, he's the saviour of the world, which means everybody in the world must need saving from something. And that's pretty hard to admit. But if Jesus is also our Lord, you're going to have to admit that you're no longer in control of your own life. Saviour, we need saving. Lord, we need to give away control. And for just about all of us, that's the hardest thing to do. And that's why people don't want to believe. Not because of all of these arguments, but because they have to give away control to Jesus Christ. So, are you on the path to Jesus, or are you just on the path to church? Because probably church is eventually going to do your head in. So if that's what's keeping you here, you might not last. But are you on the path to Jesus or to something else? Are, you, are we, as people who do follow Jesus, are we putting obstacles in other people's way that's stopping them getting to him? And are there obstacles that some of us might have that we want to get past that we want to get out of our way so that we can carry on our walk towards Jesus? And finally, have you realized that you are keeping the barrier up? That it really wouldn't matter whether all of these obstacles were moved out of the way, there is still a barrier that you have, which is, I have to give the remote control to Jesus and I have to stop looking after it myself. And that is the hardest thing. So what I'd like you to do, just for a minute before we just move to the prayers, just like you to turn to the person next to you. If you're like me and you're socially awkward, just, just look at your phone. But if you feel up to it, talk to the person next to you and just think about pathways, obstacles, and barriers and think of one thing that that's made you think. Just something that that's made you think about. Okay?